You are here with Kari and Catherine, and this is for Church Girls Only. Real conversations for today's church girl, navigating life with salvation in mind. Hey, church girls. Hey, church girls. Yes, we have missed you. Please don't fuss at us. Life happens. Life happens. And I feel like <laughs> this tonight's topic is appropriate because y'all been waiting on us <laughs> <laughs> to come back. <laughs> and so tonight we're going to talk about patience. <laughs> Uh, not not fussing at anybody but seriously life happens we have missed talking to you um we have missed being edified with you and we it's just been an absence that has been felt by both of us and by all of you and so we are here tonight to talk to you about patience and waiting in the in-between um, I think that, you know, without going into a whole lot of detail, there's been a lot going on in both of our lives. I imagine there's been a lot going on in your lives as well, because life happens. But in all of that, um, we hope and pray that you have been able to grow in your own walk grow closer to God um, and to have some time to, um, you know, really sit back and evaluate whatever is going on in your individual lives as we, Car and I have been doing ourselves. And so, yeah, this, um, this episode tonight, Cara was saying, I got something I want to talk about. <laughs> and I said, okay, sis, what are we going to talk about? And it is definitely a conversation that has been had many times over the years um, with ourselves, with other people in a myriad of situations, but there's something important and intentional and divine about the weight. Ooh, yes, sis. <sighs> that entire part. So let's talk about this. I, uh, I shared with Kara, uh, there's a phrase and I'm not sure of where it came from or where I heard it, but when you talk about, um, you know, sometimes when God closes a door, he opens a window. But in this particular situation, it's like, okay, God has closed this door, but the window is jammed what am I supposed to do right now? <laughs> like, I'm stuck in this room. <laughs> what is going on? What am I supposed to do? Yeah, that part. Um, can we talk about the emotional part of it first? Can we just, can we go there for a second? <laughs> I I mean, I get, I, the, the emotions are already welling up of, you know, the frustration and the sense of being trapped, the yeah. sense of like 
kind of spinning in a circle and looking for an escape route and not being able to, like the door is locked behind you, the window is shut in front of you, I cannot get out, what am I supposed to do here? Like there's there's fear, there's frustration, there's anger, there's exasperation, like there's all of these different emotions. And you know, while we're talking talking metaphorically about being stuck in a room, in real life situations where we find ourselves trapped in a situation, those are like similar emotions that come up, right? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And I think that sometimes when it comes to the being patient part, it's almost like you forget that you're being patient because you're mm-hmm. so frustrated that what you're expecting to happen haven't happened yet. Mm-hmm. Like, I forget that I'm supposed to be patient because <laughs> I, I just want to get to, to what you said. You said you were going to do this. You said this was going to happen, God. You, you promised this. Like, what's going on? <laughs> Girl, I look, I'm gonna tell y'all now, if you have not asked God for patience, don't do it. Don't do it. Because I'm probably two decades in to going to saying to God, Lord, please give me a spirit of patience. And it's not like he gives you the spirit to be patient. He puts you in situations where you either gonna be patient or you're gonna pop off. Like <laughs> it's been 20 years. I still pick the long line. It could be one person in front of me their car don't work, they need a price check, like, it's always something, every time, like, I'm, I can't win this game, and I'm like, God, I didn't mean it, like, I'm patient enough, can you please take it back, and you'd be like, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm literally getting to a point with that, like, like, actually waiting in line, where it's like, okay, let me like take my mind off of my frustration with waiting and maybe see like how I might be helpful or like resourceful to someone else. And it actually like takes my mind off waiting in the process. Like for instance, um, I was trying to get into the bank, but it was like, everybody was getting out their car at the same time. And (laughs) this lady had like her and her kids, but two of her kids were in a stroller, like a double stroller. Uh And then she had a toddler behind her. And I was like, instead of me trying to rush into this bank, like, let me hold the door for you. And then like, I let her go in and everything like that. And then the area of the bank that I wanted to go to was completely open. I was like, hey, let's go, Jesus. See, see, that was a whole message right there for me. Because when you said that, my thought was, let me hurry up and get in this bank before she get up to the door. (laughs) And that's why I'm being a long one. (laughs) (laughs) like see if you had held the door open your spot would have been clear but since you can't wait on her you gonna wait on this I'm like oh (laughs) every time okay God I'm gonna hold the door next time I got it I got you I got you (laughs) yeah I don't don't know God just be and I've it's been hard I'm not gonna act like I've been doing it for a long time this has just been recently like Mm -hmm. the last maybe the last four weeks, like, okay, stop being impatient and just see if you can serve or help someone kind of navigate through this time. But I like it though. It's, you know, what to do. We're talking about what to do in the wait. And so even a situation like that, where it's like, okay, if I stop and help, this might cause an inconvenience for me, but you stopping to help was able to bless this woman 
to edify her and maybe, you know, possibly set off a chain reaction of kindness. So even, you know, whether your wait period is an extra 30 seconds to hold the door for someone who needs some assistance, or if it's 30 years of, and we, <laughs> I brought up the 30 years and triggered myself. I'm like, I had, that's how long I had to wait <laughs> to meet my husband. I mess around and trigger myself. <laughs> but even in that 30 seconds versus 30 years, the hard, the hardest lesson that I've learned, but one of the best lessons in retrospect was that I had the option and the opportunity to make sure that the time and the wait was not wasted time. Mm. That's good. It was not wasted time. Looking back on it, and it's a common question, you know, people ask in conversation, if you could go back and change anything in your life, would you? And there is a temptation to be like, yes, I would do all of these things differently. But if I go back in time and do things differently, I'm not going to be the woman I am today. And so learning to understand that, specifically talking about myself, the mistakes that I made, the bad decisions that I made, the, the situations that I found myself in, I could either waste that time and waste those experiences by not learning a lesson or not learning anything from it, or I can learn the lessons to shape who I am today in order to help somebody else come in behind me. That part, I love that. I absolutely love that. I think that it's easier for us to get more self-centered, self-focused mm -hmm. when we're waiting for something and it's becoming tedious, it's taking a long time, mm -hmm. you know? That frustration piece, especially, I think it, it can exacerbate into a lot of other things, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and so what you're saying in that not allowing that waiting process to be, you know, for nothing, like, no, God is cultivating something in me. God is doing something in me. And if I just, you know, stop looking at the frustration part of it. Yeah. I can transition to something else. Mm -hmm. And so the, the phrase that came to me was, while you're in the wait, learning how to shift your focus from frustration to fruition. Somebody passed the offering bucket right now. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so it's, you know, I don't want it to, like you just said a moment ago, I don't want it to come off as if like, oh, I got this whole thing under wraps. Like I'm, I'm just like the best Christian girl. Like I'm still learning. It took me a really long time to learn. And, but I do have, we'll just say life experience <laughs> that recognizes I can learn from a lesson. And I was having a conversation with someone who, um, someone at my job. And so I have not, I haven't made like an official public announcement, but part of the reason why we've been gone for a little bit is because I went back to work full time. And when I get home at the end of the day, I'm just, I'm tired. Like it's just me petting my dog. I, I don't have anything else left in me, but I was talking to someone who worked with me and she's a, um, she's a Christian sister and she was expressing her frustration with 
where she was at work and the things that were going on. And she was just like, I'm not, I'm not happy. I don't want to be here anymore. And I, because I had life lessons, reminded her that what you're doing now is uncomfortable, but one, and we'll talk about this more in a moment. One, the enemy knows the hopes and dreams that are inside of you. And he knows that the work you want to do is going to be breaking generational curses and transforming the lives of generations to come. And if he, he can frustrate you out of what you're doing, he wins. Two, while you're frustrated and doing all of the like, quote unquote, grunt work, you're learning the things that you need to learn in order to propel you to the next level. Because without the knowledge that you're gaining in your frustration, you will not be able to bring what God has for you to fruition. Period. Like we're having good Selah moments right now. And, you know, I often say this because I, I the, one of the reasons why I wanted to have this conversation tonight mm-hmm. I was sharing with Catherine is you know I feel like I'm having similar conversations with my friends with my mm-hmm. sister um that I see you know week to week and it's just like you're in a place where you know what God has for you he's already shown it to you he's already promised it to you And you know that you're like right at the cusp of seeing it come to pass. But Mm -hmm. that in-between part where it's like, okay, it's, it's taken long enough, God, like, (laughs) and, and, and then feeling like, you know, you need to hold on to the promise because you understand that this is what you've been waiting on. This is what you've been working towards this whole time, you know, but you're still kind of battling that dichotomy within that says like, nah like if if this ain't happened yet (laughs) maybe we need to do something else (laughs) (laughs) been there (laughs) right maybe maybe we need to figure out another way then Mm -hmm. listen and 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 it's just it's it's really and I think like you were saying we're kind of going to touch on this moving forward but just understanding that it's just like the scripture. That's what came to mind. Thank you, Lord, for the download. But, you know, the the sufferings at this present time, they're not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed. Amen. So we have to understand that whatever God allows us to endure, to go through, to experience, even though it's uncomfortable or even though it's frustrating, it's never meant to be a detriment to us. It's always mm-hmm. meant to build us up in some way some form, some fashion. And so, you know, that that statement that you made right at the beginning of the segue about, you know, shifting your focus from frustration to fruition is really not about how you're necessarily feeling in the moment, not that your emotions don't matter, um, but just understanding that the emotions are an indicator that like, okay, I'm experiencing the, the discomfort of the situation. I'm experiencing the frustration of the situation. That must mean that God is trying to work some things out in me and do some things in me that I am not aware of and haven't seen. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I was, I was reading in the book of Psalms. I want to say like, I want to say it's like the 26th chapter where it talks about like, search me, O Lord, and know me, like know my heart. Mm-hmm. And 
some of the the definition meanings for like that word know and search is talking about God like carving mm. like and it really like humbled me in the moment like the spirit just hit me really hard like whoo because I'm thinking like know me like no just open me up and just see what's inside but if it means that you're carving me, that means that you have to shape and there's some mm-hmm. things that you also have to take away in order to refine. And, it's, and that was the other word, uh, refinement. It's a refinement process. So it, you know, us understanding that God is refining us in this process is kind of what helps you to, to shift that focus and to start mm-hmm. realizing that it's not going to hurt me. Like it's only going to make me better. Right. Um, before you said the word refinement, I was thinking the song uh, Refiner by Maverick City or is it Elevation? I always get them mixed up. I think it's Maverick City. Um, <laughs> but I was thinking about the song Refiner. Like when I first heard it, I was singing along because I just liked the melody. And then I started listening to the words and I was like, oh, I don't want this. Like, I don't. I was like, refined by fire? Purified? I don't think I want this. Like, no. But the refining process, I'm a lump of coal. See me in my black shirt. I'm a lump of coal. In order to shine bright like a diamond, not in the Rihanna way, shine bright like a diamond, I have to be refined. I have to be put through the fire and I have to be shaped and molded and, and, you know, created it to be that diamond. Like you just don't, diamonds don't just come out the ground, like being sparkly and having carrots. Like even when you do find a lump, you still got to polish cut it, it, cut yeah. it, do all those mm-hmm. things. Um, and so that whole process, um, I think where we kind of come in fault is when we're like, okay, God, that's enough polishing. You done, you done done enough. The, the heat is too hot. Let me go ahead and move forward with what I want to do and what I think is right. And so what is, I guess, some cautionary advice that we want to share with our sisters who are in the waiting period and going through the refining process? Yes, sister. Okay. So first of all, don't try to do things your way. You know, the book of Proverbs tells us in the third chapter to trust in the Lord with all of our heart and to lean not to our own understanding. Um, The next verse says, acknowledge him in all of your ways and he will direct your paths Mm -hmm. with the S, paths. I always have to make sure I say that because what that tells me then is that even though God may have navigated me through a situation prior to the situation that I'm in now, I have to trust him the same way I trusted him in the previous situation to do what he's done before. And even though we're, as we're walking and maturing in God, our experiences seem like they get harder and harder (laughs) as our faith grows, you know, the situations get bigger and bigger, but God is still the same God. And, you know, if we trust him and don't lean to our own understanding or try to make our own way out of things, it really allows him to do his good work. Right. And I, I met with a, um, a woman not that long ago and we were having a conversation and she was sharing like all of this stuff that, you know, she had been through and had survived. And what the comment that she made was, 
um, she was like, can you tell me when this is, when is it going to stop? Like, when is, when is God going to be like, okay, this is enough because I'm trusting in him, but all of this stuff keeps happening. But before she made that declaration, she had said, I have been through so much. I have so many testimonies. And I told her, I said, I cannot tell you what God has planned for you, but I know without a doubt that the more testimony you have inside of you, the more that God has for you to do to bless his kingdom and to lead his kingdom, the more the enemy is going to attack you to try to keep you from walking in his purpose for you. Come on. And, and she, and I mean, what she shared was so hard. And I mean, honestly, I was like, I don't know if I could do it, but I know from my own life experiences that the bigger your testimony, the harder the enemy is going to fight. Because when we go through our trials, yes, we learn the lessons, we have the experience, we, we, are gifted a testimony out of our trial. But that trial and that testimony is not about us. It is designed and created to refine us so that we can help someone else who is waiting and going through that refining process. And when you got a big testimony and a big purpose inside of you, the enemy is going, he coming at you full force. And you think about it this way, that whole, you know, when we look at folks and be like, why is it that, you know, people who are doing wrong and doing evil look like they have it so easy because he ain't worried about them. He already got them in his corner doing what he needs, he needs them to do to cause chaos. But we were created for more and for a bigger purpose. And he can't afford to allow us to walk in that purpose because it's going to change too many lives for God. Yeah. So remember that if you hear nothing else, <laughs> remember that when you find yourself under attack and you're like, I don't know why this is happening to me. Why am I being refined? Why am I in the fire? There is a diamond inside of you that is meant for the edification of God's kingdom that is being shaped in that fire. Come on, sis. That's a whole word right there. And understanding that the enemy plays off of this situation. Mm -hmm. This is this is the place where he likes to dabble. Right. It, I, I'm like, oh, this, it just came to me. The example, when Moses first went um, up, up the mountain to go talk to God for the first 40 days and 40 nights, and everybody was tired of waiting. And they was like, well, since he gone, let's just build ourselves an idol and we go, we go act like we don't know what happened to him. <laughs> <laughs> that's it literally it's like you see it time and time again and I'm sure you you have your own experiences that you can literally say like oh yeah the enemy mm -hmm. did try to he did try it he's gonna try it every single time because yeah. he thinks that and 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 let's be honest this is a vulnerable period mm -hmm. you are vulnerable in a sense because God is refining you and because God is really doing some inner work in you you have to understand that this is probably the time where your spiritual guard needs to be up mm -hmm. and it needs to be strong. Mm -hmm. um, you need to really make sure that you're staying at the face of at, at the feet of God and seeking God's face. Mm -hmm. um, and the other thing that's coming up for me 
with this entire process in having um, the cautionary, you know, provision is understanding that you have to protect the promise. You have to protect what God has promised you. And that doesn't mean that it's your job to see the promise through, but what it does mean is it's your job to hold on to the promise. So I'm not going to allow anything to steal God's word out of my heart. I'm not going to allow anything to deter me from what God has already spoken over my life. And once you get that type of mindset about things, it's very difficult for the enemy to be successful in his attacks. Mm -hmm. The attacks are going to come, but they're not going to be successful because they won't turn out the way that the enemy intended them to. And, And realizing that as, as God is working on you and as he's edifying you and building you up, you're becoming a better Christian. Mm-hmm. You're learning how to do warfare. You're learning how to walk in faith and you're protecting that promise. And it's not just from the enemy. Let me go ahead and do that disclaimer real quick. So it's not just from the enemy. There are going to be some people that have some negative things to say too about the promise because they think that the change should have came by now too. Mm-hmm. but you have to stand firm in what God has promised you protect that promises right like you know we were talking earlier about Job like Job's friend his friends were like you had to have done something what you do like you lying you had to do something oh oh God who is God like what what has he done for you lately you out here you done lost your family you done lost your house you done let you done lost all your stuff but you still want to follow him? What are you doing? And right. when God questioned in his way, literal come to Jesus meeting, well, come to God, come to, come to God meeting like, who are you to let these people tell you what I, sh- what, what I should be doing in your life right now? Monsters. Who, who are you to sit back and listen to them when I've given you a promise? Like, is this what we doing? and he was like okay my bad <laughs> that's that's the memphis that's the that's the king memphis version we don't talk about king james um <laughs> I love but, it. when you were uh you were talking about um you know protecting your heart um and guarding your heart it definitely made me think of the scripture um proverbs 4 23 above all else guard your heart for it is the wellspring of life and it's a very common scripture to apply for dating. Like you need to, you need to protect your heart when you're dating someone and cause you don't want them to hurt you. And, but it's, it's from attacks of the enemy. It's from, you know, negative things from your friends. You have to protect your heart from yourself, you know, protect your spirit from what your human emotions are trying to tell you that are contrary to God's word and contrary to God's, God's promise. Like, protect your heart is more than just like a dating guideline period i keep saying that <laughs> i'm like that's my word right now period yeah but um, it's true go ahead yeah. sis no i, I was <laughs> just saying my arms <laughs> <laughs> but so we we talked about this and it's it's a conversation that you know, can be incredibly deep, but I think just for the sake of not having y'all on here for hours and hours on end, because there's a whole lot of stuff we could say about this. Um, What is it 
Cara, that we can encourage our sisters to do instead. So instead of listening to the enemy, instead of listening to our friends, um, our negative friends, instead of, you know, trying to make our own way, um, what is it that we can do while we're in the wait? What's coming up for me, sis, like, because I'm literally like in the in the in-between season right now. But what's coming up for me is to just stay focused on, on the expectation, stay focused on. So for me, what that looks like is changing my thoughts, changing my, my speech. Instead of me rehearsing my frustration or complaining about what's going on, let me focus my attention and my, my energy towards what God has already said. So, okay, yes, it hasn't happened yet, but I'm still speaking it like it's, it's, it's going to happen any day because, and I've literally been saying this for like the last month, like it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. Mm-hmm. And if I can just center myself in that, like it, no matter what, it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. and just act in that um and so I get I don't know like I, I was coming up for me is like that set set your feet set your mm-hmm. feet and know like you're not going to be moved in this season yeah I think that's that's an incredibly great point to stay focused and what came up for me was several years ago um and I may have spoken about this before but Um, my husband and I, we've been married for 11 years. You know, we've been trying to have kids for 10 years and, you know, the doctors have said that this is just not something that's going to happen for us. And for the longest time, I was so focused on getting pregnant that like, I, there was nothing else that I could focus on. Like just nothing else was happening. And it was literally a moment, like the Holy Spirit spoke so clearly to me and said, you have made motherhood your idol. I was like, what? And I mean, like just tears. And I just, like, I got on, (laughs) on a live video and I was just like bawling, like, oh my God, I've got to share this with you. Um, But what happened was while I was in this season of waiting to try to get pregnant and become a mom and to make my husband a dad, I was not doing anything else for God. Like my focus was solely on getting pregnant. If it didn't, if I didn't get pregnant, like there was two weeks where I was just miserable, two weeks where I was trying to get pregnant every single month and for years and it just wasn't happening. And what I realized was there were so many other things that God wanted me to do while I was in the wait that were kingdom things that I had completely pushed to the side because I was focused on this one thing and completely missing all the opportunities that God had laid out for me to help me refine me in the process. And so while it still hasn't happened and my mindset around motherhood has changed, once I realized what was going on, I think, I think in that time, my husband got his license in counseling. I went back to school for counseling. We opened a practice, a private counseling practice. We planted a church. We've been doing marriage ministry. We do freedom prayer. And if I was still focused on this one thing, all of that other stuff never would have come to fruition because I was not allowing God to use me in other ways while I was waiting with the door and the window closed. And so even if we make a decision that is not in alignment with God, 
and for his promise for us, he can always redeem and reconcile us in that. But there will be consequences to us acting out of line with God's commission for us. And that's the part that we have to hold on to, that obedience. Yes. Because God rewards it every time. Yeah. I feel like I need to say this. Um, When you say that God rewards us, the reward that he gives us may not be what we wanted or expected, but it's always going to be exactly what he needs for us to have. And for what he knows and can see far enough ahead down our paths with an S, that this is what has been ordained for you. And all he asks is that we trust him, stay focused on him, continue to listen to him, protect our purpose and his promise in us, and he will richly reward. Amen. Beautifully stated, sis. Beautiful. Okay. Let's say a prayer. Yeah. Let's say a prayer. Okay. Lord, we just come before you thanking you for this time that we were able to spend with our fellow church sisters. I ask, Lord God, that you would minister to the church girl that's listening to this right now, who this position, this episode, this topic hits so close to home for her. God, I'm asking that you would encourage her heart, that you would help her to hold on to the promise, to protect the promise, to continue to serve you and to trust you and to obey your word as you are perfecting her and refining her. God, I ask that you would silence every thought of the enemy that comes to make her believe that where she at, where she's at is not effective or is not going to bring forth the results that you promised her. God, I ask that you would silence any naysayers. I ask, Lord God, that you would give her the fortitude to be able to drown out the distractions, to, do, to drown out the noise, everything that would distract her from focusing on what you have for her life. God, I pray even now that you would strengthen her in her spirit, help her to realize the power that you've given her through the power of your spirit. I ask that you would rise up within her. Lord, speak your word to her, comfort her in the midnight hour. I ask even now that you would continue, Lord God, to surround her with your love, your grace, and your peace. And God, we thank you for all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. This has been Cara and Catherine, and you've listened to another episode of For Church Girls Only. Make sure to follow us at For Church Girls Only on Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook, and Church Girls Only on Twitter. 